This week on The Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series with arguably the best overall stadium in the country, Orioles Park at Camden Yards, the home of the Baltimore Orioles. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team and we'll be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for you for regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so. This episode was recorded in my apartment in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Down there! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! He's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I'm Manish Jain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Well, hello there. (laughs) On today's special episode, we are going to be talking about the Baltimore Oreos, the Baltimore Orioles, I should say, and Oriole Park at Camden Yards. That is the official name. Yes, yeah. Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And yeah. I know we all just call it Camden or Camden Yards, but it is Oriole Park. Orioles. Orioles. Right. Park at uh, Camden yeah, it Yards. It wouldn't be a singular Oriole. No. It's, it's, it it's, it's not it's, like, it's, yeah, yeah, although it is Yankee. Yankee Stadium, Orioles Park at Camden Yards. I think it is Oriole Park. I'm going to have to look that up. It'll be on <laughs> clubhousepodcast.com. But uh, Oriole or Orioles Park at Camden Yards. Yes. But uh, Camden. I mean, it's, it's, so when I was on my 30 stadium tour, Camden was the third park that I visited, which I used to have season tickets to. So I'd been many, many times before. And you're kind of just, you're, I was, I kind of started my tour off with, with a bang where it was kind of like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do about this because I think you and I have very similar, uh, opinions of this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous stadium. I think it's perfect. So this year in 2015, it was your first trip to Oriole Park at Camden Yards, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So take us back to that moment. Um, when you first walked down Utah Street, Which you know... spelled not like the state. No, E-U-T-A-W. Uh, Utah Street, which, unfortunately for the game that we were at, uh, Orioles Hall of Famer Boog Powell was not in attendance. Boog is normally uh, sitting outside his Boog's barbecue and signing autographs and and chatting with folk. And he's just a really sweet, sweet guy. I've met him a bunch of times now just because he's always at the games. Uh, but so you walking down Utah Street. And, well, you know, first of all, I, I take even further. Oh, back, absolutely. Oh, is, yes, yes. No, simply that how it is situated in the city on the water or near the is, is yep, it, very is, close to the yeah, harbor right, very close you know, to the, the harbor's harbor. there so to to be able to walk around that beautiful waterfront district of of baltimore and then there's a, i don't I forget what the names of these neighborhoods are but there's also right like 
a, a block or two away is this little historic, you know, where the district where all these older row houses are. I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous part of town, and that they've it's one of you know I guess it's the first of the new the new frontier of stadiums yes, where they 1992 it was built and and where they kind of revolutionized things, yeah, they took all these things into consideration including the 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 experience of going to the ballpark is not simply about like walking to this building it's a building that's situated in the city situated in its place in the city in a way that that uh belongs to the surrounding architecture to the surrounding environment so they just did an incredible job of all those well, things. Well, you can still take the light rail. You know, one of the things that I've always loved about Camden, one of the laundry list of reasons that I love it, is you can still take a light rail to the ballpark, which, you know, we talked about how much fun it is to take the subway to City Field or Yankee Stadium. And there are several other parks where you can take a, you know, a, a subway or a metro or, or things of that nature. But taking the light rail, um, you know, on city streets, it just, it feels like, old timey baseball it just feels like you know 1920s 1930s baseball where we're putting our little suits and hats on we got our cigars in our mouth and we're we're heading down to the ballpark and, and we're gonna go down for a nice afternoon uh, uh picnic at the ballpark and it's just it's when you first get there you've got these uh their retired numbers are kind of uh, bronzed outside they've got a babe ruth statue they've got uh, well babe ruth because he was born in baltimore he was born in baltimore actually i mean the rumor is i need to look this up actually because I, I keep forgetting to to verify this claim but i will i will spread the rumor for a moment the rumor is that he was born in center field of where camden yards is now but i feel like that's just some myth that someone told me and that i just choose to believe it but the babe ruth museum is a couple blocks away from Camden Yards. We unfortunately it was closed the day that uh, we were there, so we were not able to see it. But you know, the Babe's got his his roots in in Baltimore. There are also great statues all around the plaza of the ballpark of some of the you know fantastic Hall of Famers that that have come out of that. Yeah. So I mean, it's franchise. just it's you know when you sit there, it's so when people inevitably ask you what your favorite park is. And when people ask me what my favorite park is, I have this long diatribe and the, the beginning of it is, there's a reason why every ballpark built since 92 has either used the same architects or just ripped them off. And that, that is Camden Yards. Camden Yards, I mean, there are minor league ballparks that, that ripped off Camden Yards. Uh, you know, there, I believe the new Durham Bulls Stadium, there's, there's, they took quite a bit of, of uh, motivation from, from Camden. And, you know, it's just, it's, to describe it is, is, you know, one of the things about Dodger Stadium or Wrigley or Fenway or like or even Tiger Stadium or old Yankee Stadium or Shea or like these old, old ballparks is that a lot of the seats were kind of uncomfortable and a lot of the seats were also facing the wrong way or, you know, just slightly angled. Well, to a Wrigley, point. you get behind a, a pillar. Yes, you sense. also have obstruct, obstructed view seats. I mean, it's just there weren't, you know, a lot of those considerations weren't taken in, which, you know, it's fine. It was 100 years ago. You know, that that makes sense. I'm not in any way, shape or form trashing those stadiums. But at, at, at Camden, you know, every seat was built to face the field. They're comfortable. You've got the the jumbotron and you've got the luxury boxes and all the modern fancy amenities that us fancy boys like to have these days but for whatever reason when you sit inside that park it doesn't feel like 
an entertainment complex or yeah, a circus. Like it feels there's it, a purity it to fear, it. It feels you know there's there's this clock tower in the distance that you can see from the ballpark, and you can see a great you can you know see a lot of you know you got the warehouse in right field. You've got it. Just it feels you know when you're walking down Utah Street, there are little uh, um, engravings in the in the in the street there where it shows home runs that have landed. Uh, beyond the flag court there in right field and between the warehouse and whatnot. And it's just, you can feel the history no matter, even though it's, I mean, it's been around since 92, but it's not like it's been around since 1904. Like it's not that old, but it feels like it's just rich in history. And we cannot stop talking about <laughs> Kevin New Hearts without mentioning one of the greatest snack food items <laughs> in the history of snack food items that I've ever experienced. There is a, a place where you can get, you know, crabs are very popular in Maryland. The, the lump crab meat, so it's not crab salad. It's lump, fresh lump crab meat. And a lot of it. A lot of it. Not just a little sprinkling of it. Scooped onto potato chips <laughs> with scallions and Old Bay seasoning. And that, I mean, I think there were a bunch of other varieties of that you could get. It was delicious. Folks, you need to be able to see. I, I can't properly describe the look on Mr. Anthony Rapp's face when he first bit into this delicacy. And, and ever since then, every single time we meet someone on the road from Baltimore who's an Orioles fan or who's in any way, shape, or form connected to the Beltway, his eyes light up and he just, he corners them and he, he has to explain to them. It has to come out of him. He has to share and, 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 and proselytize the, 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 story of these these crab potato chips or whatever the heck they're called yeah he was transformed by that moment it was amazing to yeah. watch. Yeah, well, i agree I, yeah it's yeah. true i mean camden yards i could talk about camden yards forever i i love as i said i i when i was an 18 year old kid uh going briefly i, I briefly attended george washington university uh in dc and this was before the nationals came to town i got on a train and I went the 45 minutes, you know, to go to as many games as humanly possible in Camden. And I would get there. It was my favorite date spot. It was my favorite thing to do is I would take first dates to Camden all the time. I would, we would go there. Did you ask if they liked baseball? No, actually, most of them didn't. It was one of my favorite kind of things to do because, as you know, I love, there's nothing I love more than going to ball games with people who've never been to a ballpark before simply because I've never met a human person who has had a bad time at a ballpark. I'm not, I mean, I don't need you to become a baseball fan. I don't need you to love the sport, follow the sport, or even care about the sport. But getting your butt in the seat, that's important because it's just fun, no matter what you are. I don't care if you've never heard of baseball. If you're an alien creature that's come from Mars, you sit down in a ballpark, you're going to have a good three hours. And they do have the harbor there. So, you know, my, my first dates were very much, I hope none of the girls that I, I, went out on dates with her listening to this because um yes you all went on very I hope they all are well I hope you, they're all listening you all went on very very similar first dates with me <laughs> where it would be you go to the harbor there was a restaurant very specific restaurant that we would kind of hang out at we walk around the harbor for an hour then we'd go to camden and we'd enjoy a ball game at camden how many second dates did you have I had quite a few actually. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pat myself on the back too hard, but I did okay for myself for a brief time in my life. Well done. <laughs> but and you know, and to be fair, actually, I will say this: there are a handful of those girls, and I mean, I, I did take several guys to a uh, on a non-romantic uh, capacity to their first baseball games at Camden, and I actually do have a, a relatively high percentage of of 
turning non-fans into fans based on the fact that, like I said, I don't expect much out of people. I don't expect them. I don't, I don't belittle them for not enjoying. I just like teaching them the beauty of the game. I don't get too nerdy with the stats or nerdy with the, oh, you're not paying attention to X, Y, and Z. It's, I like to follow their leads, see what they are, are more interested in. Some of them are interested in the game on the field. Some of them are interested in the mascot. Some of them are interested in whatever it is. So that's how I get them. I had to, that's how I need him. I weasel my way in. And I like the mascot at the Orioles. He was good. Yeah, he's actually, I, yeah, he is. I like him quite a bit. He does a lot of the, you know, he did a lot of the similar stuff, but he always goes out and brings the ball out to the mound and he'll wiggle his little uh, feathery butt to, uh, you know, uh, pantomime, throwing the first pitch and all that stuff. And it's very theatrical and it's very, you know, he, he's a good bird. And we should also mention, uh, you know, the experience of being a, Ballparks is also to me about the the, the sort of fan presence and oh and, absolutely and, and at Camden this was an early in the season game it was chilly out um, and the fans were incredible at that game well so you're it about was a close game you know it was, it was and it was against the Red Sox so it was like division rivals but it was it was there was a great atmosphere in, in the park no I mean you're about to listen to uh, my my experience not my first but my experience during my thirty stadium tour. Um, uh, at Camden Yards, and um, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast itself or if I just wrote about it on the website. But uh, I went to a, I went to two games there because they happened to be playing the Tigers, and uh, Miguel Cabrera came up at one point, and and the Tigers were annihilating them, and he hit a grand slam. And I was worried that the next time he came up that there was going to be some you know heckling and some booing and whatnot. But the next time Miggy came up to the plate. I saw fathers telling their sons, hey, stand up, look at this guy. You're seeing someone special. And people gave him a standing ovation and people were like, they were so amazing. They were just just really, really awesome uh, uh, fans. You know, I saw them win a game and I saw them lose a game. So I got to see them be very, uh, you know, just, just excited in, in victory and very gracious in defeat. Yeah. And it was a very, very cool experience. And I love Camp, you know, I... My my years there as a season ticket holder were during like the Miguel Tejada years when they weren't very good, and the only time that the stadium would sell out is when the Yankees, the Red Sox were in town. But you know, Buck Showalter and Adam Jones and a lot of those guys have have brought you know the the passion back to that city. And you know, if you guys haven't listened to our Charles Sheeler episode of um, the Clubhouse podcast, you're you're losing out. You you are you are absolutely missing out on a in a fantastic uh, two-part episode with Charles. He was um, an awesome, awesome Orioles fan. Uh, but so I think with that, I'm going to lead you into the rounding third episode where uh, I, I interview a couple of ball hawks, uh, a couple of uh, gentlemen who uh, teach me all about the art of, of ball hawking and, and catching a batting practice or, or home run or foul ball uh, and, and my experience uh, in Camden Yards. So we will see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at amazon.com, calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. But for now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. So uh, we're going to have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest. Here, It's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our, our guests for, their, for the game that we play at the end. 
Um, so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything, send them to us, please, at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at clubhousepod. And we will look through those. And if we wind up using one of your questions, we will give you a free signed wall calendar. And it will be signed by Manish, who was the photographer. He will sign the Detroit Tigers, Comerica Park picture. And I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan. So send us your questions, please. And uh, good luck. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with the lawyer who cleaned up baseball, Charles Sheeler. He is an utterly fascinating man. In this clip, Charles talks to us about his experience in the Roger Clemens congressional hearings. Well, they brought Clemens back. I sat next to him at a hearing, um, and on the other side was his trainer, Brian McNamee, who yeah. had who had uh, provided him with the, the steroids, which of course Roger denied. But basically, I was put there as sort of a, a potted plant to keep these two guys apart so they didn't like start strangling each other. Yeah. And it was like the worst middle seat you ever had on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just um, the, <laughs> the tension between these two guys was palpable. Yeah. And the other thing is, Roger was just clearly so incredibly nervous about what, what was going on. Welcome to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. This is the third stadium on my tour thus far, and I gotta say, as cliched as it is, this is one of the most beautiful ballparks America has to offer. I mean, there's a reason why pretty much every ballpark built since 1992 has just wholesale ripped off the Camden Yards design. But no matter how many parks borrow from Baltimore, there truly only is one Camden Yards. Before each game, you're going to want to hang out on Utah Street where they've got vendors and stands and, you know, just a really fun environment, especially when Boog Powell's sitting there outside of his sandwich stand uh, signing autographs for the kids. As soon as you show up to the park, you're just ready to take in some baseball. And nowadays, it's lovely because the Orioles are actually a good team. In the interest of full disclosure, I will admit that I'm a former Baltimore Orioles season ticket holder. Uh, I used to live in D.C. before the Nationals came to town, and just being starved for baseball, I needed to get tickets to something. And the Orioles were the only game in town. So I believe, if I remember correctly, it was around 2003-2004 that uh, I was a season ticket holder. And, you know... These were the Miguel Tejada years. They had some exciting offense, but really had no pitching. And for the most part, the team was at the bottom of the AL East. So the only time that Camden Yards would actually fill up is when the Red Sox, the Yankees, would come to town. Well, for the games that I attended for this tour, my Detroit Tigers were in town. And yes, they are the reigning AL champions, but they're not really a rival of the Orioles. That being said, all three games had about 38,000-plus packing that stadium and absolutely going nuts throughout the entire game. I was so incredibly happy to see that the atmosphere at the game has now matched the attendance. There's a lot to do in downtown Baltimore, so I highly recommend heading down there a couple of hours early and just parking somewhere in the Inner Harbor. You can walk around, you can get something to eat, you can, you know, honestly, what I like to do is just kind of stand and look out into the water. It's, uh... One of the few things that actually calms me down. I ended up catching two games at Camden Yards just because, like I said, the Tigers were in town and I figured I believe this is the only time on my tour, save for when I go to Comerica, that I'll actually get to see the Tigers. So I wanted to catch a couple of games. 
the uh, the first game that I went to was quite special. Uh, in fact, I had two very, very unique experiences. The first one comes when I was standing in line before the game, and I met a couple of gentlemen who were ball chasers. Now, for those of you who don't know what a ball chaser is, and I'm going to go ahead and put my name on that list because I honestly had no idea that there was some sort of ball chasing community that uh, these guys actually have their own website where they track how many balls they catch during batting practice, during live games, just how many times they can actually get a Major League Baseball when they're at a game. Now, once again, I also have to admit, sadly, I've been going to baseball games for well over 25 years, and I've never gotten an official Major League Baseball. When I was a kid, you know, I never really got a ball thrown to me, and I certainly never caught one. And as I got older, I kind of stopped growing. And I kind of topped out at a robust five foot six inches tall. So when you're standing in the crowd and that ball's coming towards you, you've got the treetops of five ten, five eleven, six foot men jumping over you to grab the ball. So I've come close many, many times, but I've never gotten my hands on a major league baseball. Well, that was all gonna change at Camden Yards. And I've got two men to thank for that. Alex Cop and Romeo. Without these two gentlemen, I would not be currently sitting here holding the baseball with a 20th anniversary Camden Yards stamp, nonetheless, that you can actually see on my website at roundingthird.net. Thanks a lot, uh, Romeo and Alex. These guys, they taught me how to chase a ball uh, during batting practice. It's actually quite fascinating. There really is an art to it. These guys, basically, they will position themselves in between the seats in the aisleways, and they'll just they'll, they'll sit there in a prone position, as they see the ball come off the bat, boom, they're immediately off like a shot. They're following that ball. Even if they're nowhere near it, they're running after it. Because as they told me, very few people are actually going to catch it on the fly. It's going to end up bouncing or rolling somewhere. So you've always, no matter where you are, you run towards that ball. And actually, you probably want to run about 5, 10 rows away from the ball to catch it on the bounce. Well, Alex ended up getting a ball and Romeo ended up getting a ball. And as Romeo was showing me his ball, he unbelievably graciously threw it over to me and said, welcome to Baltimore. So now, yes, I fully understand. I did not catch this ball. The ball came towards me. I tried to catch the ball, but it ended up sailing about 20 rows over my head. Romeo, leapfrogging a couple of seats, ran, grabbed it, and threw the ball to me, instantly turning me into, I don't know, let's just call it a six-year-old boy. Like I know, this wasn't legitimate. I didn't catch this ball, but it was still pretty exciting, and I've got Romeo to thank for that. My quest to actually catch a live game ball is still alive, but at least for now, a part of me can get a little bit of rest because I do now have in my possession an officially stamped Major League Baseball. The games themselves were incredibly fun. For game one, it was 95 degrees, sweltering, sweltering hot, but I'm going to tell you, I loved every moment of it. It could have had something to do with the fact that my Tigers absolutely bludgeoned the Orioles, hitting back-to-back-to-back home runs. And on top of that, just the, the cherry on top of this beautiful, beautiful Sunday, I saw the reigning Triple Crown winner, Miguel Cabrera, just mash a grand slam that landed a couple of rows away from me. And while it was nice to see the Tigers eke out a victory there, 10-3, to the next day, I got to see the Baltimore fans have something to cheer for as they had a seventh-inning rally scoring three runs in the bottom of the seventh to beat my Tigers 4-2. to two. But to be honest with you, I, I genuinely enjoyed this game. You know, divorce yourself from the fact that you my team lost, and I just got to sit there and hear 40,000 people 
lose their minds in the middle of the afternoon in Baltimore. That's something that I really hadn't heard before at Camden Yards. Finally, the team on the field is deserving of the ballpark that they're playing in. Now I'm going to introduce you to a couple of gentlemen. Uh, Mark and Alex Kopp are the first set of interviews that I've got here. And after that, I've got Doug Hakey. These are gentlemen that I met in line at Camden Yards. And as I had mentioned earlier, Alex and Doug actually are two of these famed ball chasers. Mark and Alex are a father and son duo who travel the country checking out major league and minor league ballparks. So I thought you might be interested in hearing from them. Doug is a gentleman who's been chasing balls for years now, and he's got a couple of really cool stories about the first ball he ever caught and the 50th ball he caught. So I hope you enjoy my interviews with Mark and Alex Kopp and Doug Hakey. I'm here at Camden Yards with uh, Mark Kopp. Mark Kopp and? And Alex Kopp. And Alex Kopp, father and son. Now, are you both Orioles fans? Uh, not originally. Uh, I've sort of adopted them in the last couple of years. I'm from New Jersey. We're from New Jersey, so I grew up being a Yankees fan, but I mean, I root for the Orioles when I'm here. I, grew, I actually grew up in Pennsylvania, so when I was a kid, I was an Oriole fan in those days. 66 Orioles are still my favorite team of all time. Okay, now, we were talking a little bit, so you guys have done a bit of touring of the ballparks yourself. Uh, how many ballparks have you been to, uh, uh, Major League and Minor League? Uh, 87 plus 17. I, I don't, we've been to 87 minor league and 17 major league. Uh, 104, 104, yeah, 104, yeah, 104 then. All right. When did you start this uh, this uh, tour? Well, I mean, we started going to minor league games when I was little, maybe when I was about nine, uh, in just locally in New Jersey. And then, um, you know, we just started expanding slowly until I got to high school and we took like long road trips, like maybe 10 days or whatever, try to hit as many teams as possible. Very cool. And when you were a kid, did you do any type of touring? Or is this something that you started doing when you had your son? Uh, yeah, just something because he's insane and uh, and has made me go with him. Uh, basically, no. I mean, when uh, you know, growing up in the you know '60s, uh, I'd go down to you know Connie Mac or here at Memorial Stadium. That was pretty much uh, what you could do. And you know, maybe once or twice a year you get on a bus trip. But we just started doing this as kind of a you know, when we're going on vacation. Oh, well, we were in Indianapolis, so well, let's go to a ball game. Well, now we're in Louisville, let's go to a ball game. And that's how it kind of started, and then then we started planning trips around it. And uh, like, like I was said before, the last than two years ago, we did um, 18 games in 12 days. From Well, we started here in, uh, in the first game. I picked him up in Baltimore. The first game was in West Virginia, and we ended up driving out to Milwaukee and Minnesota. We did Omaha, oh, Detroit, Cincinnati. We were we based the whole trip based on a, a, a day when we got uh, a day game at Wrigley and a night game at, uh, with the White Sox. So that was kind of a whole thing based around that. And we got out to a place, uh, what was that, Zion? No, I'm trying to remember the place. Or someplace out in Indiana, we went to a game that was supposed to be partially owned by Kevin Costner. Uh, anyway, the team had gone out of business by the time we got there. Remember, that was, yeah, like, that, was, so pretty, that, was pretty that was pretty classic. So they folded. Yeah. So, so you had said you were telling me a story uh, about you guys getting kicked out of, of, of a stadium. Tell, tell me that. You got to tell me that. Uh, you want me to? All right. So we're in Indianapolis. <laughs> and we're sitting in the right field seats, and, and there's a, the, the, the gap between the, the right field and the outfield seats where, the, um, you know, where they bring in the batting cage and the, the doors and stuff where they keep the equipment. So a guy hit a home run ball and it fell down in the uh, in, in that area, and Alex was looking at it, and kids from the other side were looking at it, and 
you know, should we go down there? Should we get this? Uh, you know, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, if you just wear the end of the inning and if it's still sitting there, go for it. Inning was over, the ball's still there. He climbs down the fence, climbs back up the fence with the ball. There was a, uh, one of the maintenance guys was down there and immediately got on his phone. And I don't know if it was that or the fact that he decided to hang off the right field foul pole and show the entire stadium that he got this ball. Did you get a big, you get a big uh, round of applause from, from the fans? I feel like there's some people that knew what was happening. You know, most people like didn't think about the home run after that, but there's the people around us knew what was going on. They liked it. That's awesome. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. I just want to get both of your favorite experiences at a live ballpark. Doesn't have to be on your tour at any point in your life, and preferably at a major league ballpark. Probably my favorite experience, the one I think of off the top of my head is April 7th, 2007, Alex Rodriguez hit a walk-off grand slam against the Orioles. That, I mean, that, I'd never seen anything like that. I, that was unreal. Even as an Orioles fan, that was something that you were okay with? Well, at, at the time. Oh, at the time you were a Yankee fan. All right, all right. I get it. How about you? I, I think uh, it was game six ALCS. Uh, what year was that? 2009. Yeah. Um, the Yankees wrapped up the, uh, the American League pennant that day in Yankee Stadium, and that was just, I mean, the joint was rocking. It was just, it was a real fun time to be at a ballpark. And actually, one more question. What's been your favorite experience here at uh, Camden Yards? Actually, it, it, it's got to be. I've, well, I love this place. I have a number of experiences, but I'd have to say uh, May 8th of this year, I caught Mike Moustakis' uh, home run in the flag court. Like, I, and I had to run like 30 feet for it. Or, or no, more than that, like 70 feet probably, like, like 30 yards more. And uh, yeah, it was pretty sick. That, that was probably my favorite experience. Catch it on the fly or? Catch it on the fly, yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. And how about you, sir? I, yeah, I've only been here like maybe a half dozen times, so I really not not a whole lot to uh, uh, to remember. Again, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, I was a, growing up as a kid, I remember more about Memorial Stadium, uh, watching uh, Boog and Brooks and, and, and Frank play. So those are, I don't know if I can give you a specific one, but that's kind of what the Orioles always meant to me. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much. Before I introduce you to Doug Hakey, and you can hear some more stories about ball chasing, I wanted to wrap up that interview with Mark and Alex. Uh, Mark, uh, the father that you just heard there, after the recorder turned off, he told me that what's really nice for him is that now that Alex is in his 20s, you know, they've been doing these tours every single year, and this is just a really special way for them to maintain a relationship. He was telling me that if it wasn't for baseball, he's not sure how much time he'd really be able to spend with his son. You know, now that his son's getting a little bit older, it's harder for them to spend that much time together. But every year, every summer, they try to hit up as many stadiums as possible. So I know the father and son motif has been talked about quite a bit when it comes to baseball. But no matter how many times I hear it, it still does make me smile that baseball is that one thing that can keep generations together. And with that, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Doug Hakey, and he's going to tell you some stories about catching some balls uh, all around the, the country. Enjoy. So I'm here with Doug Hakey. Doug Hakey, and we're standing outside of Camden Yards, and uh, he was telling me little stories about uh, how many game balls and foul balls he's caught. So tell me, Doug, how many balls have you caught over your life? I haven't caught very many, but I've acquired quite a few. Uh, actual game balls, counting the two I got last night, is 53. 53. That's game, that's in-game balls. In-game balls. 
So that's not during batting practice? That's not during? Not counting batting practice. That is fantastic. Now, how exactly do you go about getting a game ball? Well, I've got my little area behind home plate, and um, I just try my best to, to get near the ball when it's fouled off. And usually it's a pig pile. I'm rolling around the ground with somebody, or every now and then somebody will just drop it, and I'll pick it up. So what was the first ball that you remember ever catching? Or not catching, but as far as picking up, Bob Euchre style? 1985, Fenway Park, first inning, Tigers, Red Sox. Cecil Field to hit a foul ball down the right field line, hit my seat, bounced up, and I got it. That is quite a story. Then you were telling me about uh, your 50th ball. What was the 50th ball you caught? Two nights ago, first inning, Orioles-Tigers, fourth batter again for the Tigers. Uh, it was Cecil's son, Prince. So the 50th ball I got was from Prince, and the first ball I ever got was from his father, Cecil. That's pretty serendipitous. Looks like you got a calling here in catching these balls. So what exactly... Uh, drew you to wanting to you know come to ball games and try to get these balls i used to just come into baltimore when the red sox are in town i'm truly a red sox fan at heart anyway but um my buddy matt herstel yeah uh, he was out in the outfield i was kind of jealous of him he was so good at it but we got to be friends and he kind of got me into it you know unfortunately this last april he got killed downtown so he's not he's not with us anymore but he's watching over us i'm sorry to hear that that's that's heartbreaking yeah, that was that was rough. So, uh, what brought you to baseball? So you said you're a Red Sox fan, but now you are an Orioles fan. Why the switch? Why are you now? I mean, you might be a Red Sox fan at heart, but why do you don the Orioles colors and come to Camden so much? I've been to over 100 games in the last three years here, and just watching the heart of this team and Buck Showalter turning it all around, I mean, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, they've definitely turned it around, and it's, and it's a good squad. So what exactly is your favorite experience as far as when you've caught a ball, what has been the either craziest, wackiest one, or just the one where you really had to fight hard to get it? I think the craziest one was actually two. It was uh, last year in a doubleheader against Texas. Uh, early in the game, Adam Jones hit a foul ball, which I acquired. And then when I was walking back the very next pitch, he fouled off, and I ended up getting that also. So that was probably my best experience. So getting back-to-back -back balls, I'm sure I'm curious if that's ever actually been done before. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, Zach Hamill did it twice in a row, caught both of them here. I don't know if he's ever done it anywhere else, but I know he did it last year or the year before. That's pretty spectacular. So then, all right, so now we've, we've heard about your, your catching the balls, but what about just, you know, when you've come to just to enjoy a game, what has been your favorite experience at, uh, here at Camden Yards? No? <laughs> you're just coming here to, you're just coming here to catch the balls? No, 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 I really enjoy the games. But, um, you know, it definitely adds a, a little a little more fun, a little more perspective trying to... No, absolutely. And look, and you can, you can get a little bit of exercise in, running up and down. I was I watching you guys... Exercise. <laughs> yeah, I was watching you guys yesterday uh, during batting practice. And yeah, it is quite a, a sight to see, to see everybody running up and down the uh, the stairways, they in and out of the stairs, and just, you know, there's that big scrum. But you were telling me, so what do you think, when is it officially your ball? When it's on the ground and, you know, no one's caught it and it's rolling, when is it officially your ball? When somebody's got their hand around it, it's their ball. All right, so everybody listening out there, you got to know, when someone's got their hand on it, that's when you stop. None of this fighting, none of this, you know, grabbing it from, from people. It's Once... only a baseball. Exactly. And look, and how many of you caught? You said 53? Total of 53. I got two last night and two the night before. So that... So there's always going to be more. So if you miss one, there's always going to be more. But what about during BP? Have you, have you counted up those, or, or do those not count? I haven't yet. I do have records of them all. I'm going to guess I probably got somewhere around 150, 170. Um, I'm going to enter them 
not too long from now, mygameballs.com. And when I do that, I'll have a close tally. I know I won't have them all on there, but I'll have a pretty close tally to what I've got in my life. So what do you do with them right now? Do you have them marked somewhere in your house, or how do you, how do you keep them? All my game balls I put in plastic containers, and I wrote who pitched it, who hit it, what inning, you know, the date of the game. Um, and I number how many, you know, each one has a number as to what, what it is. That is fantastic. Well, yesterday, thanks to you and your crew, you guys were able to give me my first ball that I've ever gotten in my entire I've been going to games for over 20 years, and I've never gotten a ball. So thanks to you guys, I now have a Camden Yards 20th anniversary. You, I mean, it was a BP ball, but hey, it's, it's better than nothing. So uh, I appreciate it so much, Doug. Thank you so much. I appreciate it for you uh, taking time to talk to me. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding3RdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.